welcome to the University Star NFL podcast. I'm your host, uh, Kisem Ramirez. Joining me, senior sports reporter Matt Gervitz, sports reporter Garrett Cahood, also in the house, trusty, all-reliable managing editor, Imani McGarrell. We got resident Panthers expert, assistant sports editor Paul Livingood. He's happy because he's 4-0, and I guess that's a good thing. Um, we'll talk about them, I guess, later, just so we can get his edge-wise. We'll start, though, with the controversy, so to speak, uh, with the Lions and the Seahawks Monday night. It always seems the Seahawks and Monday night games, things tend to happen with the officiating. If you didn't watch the game, if you're living under a rock, if you don't know what happened, Calvin Johnson had a touchdown but didn't. Cam Chancellor made an amazing play, punched the ball out almost quite literally, and K.J. Wright, with the ball in the end zone, tapped it out to force a touchback, which at the time I didn't know that was illegal, but it was, and it swung the entire game and maybe the season for both the Seahawks and maybe the Lions. I don't, what do you guys' takes on that? I don't think anyone thought that was illegal. Everyone, nobody said anything, and then some guy comes on in the post-game show and says it's illegal, and everyone just went crazy. It really was a great play by Cam Chancellor, though. He He's the man. He deserves to be paid, just like Michael Bennett said. But Russell Wilson, he had a big big pass there at the end on third down. They were out with – we were without Marshawn um, yeah, Lynch. and uh, Doesn't miss games. Doesn't miss games. And he was in Seattle, so – Kind of expect them to win that. Yeah, I feel I feel like the the funny part about that play was um, all the aftermath. You know, the the referees don't know what's going on, the coaches don't know what's going on. I think Pete Carroll to this moment doesn't know what happened. Um, so it, it was kind of bizarre, honestly. But uh, it's interesting to see um, the Seahawks be the beneficiary of another another good call like that. Um, thinking back to the the Green Bay game where they got that uh, miraculous home Mary. So the same end zone too. When yeah. that happened. <laughs> yeah. When, when you think you've seen everything in football, you cannot have it because I've never seen that play before, ever. Um, for Fanning's perspective, changed a lot of fate. I like to think of it like that. Calvin Johnson lost some points. Stafford lost some points. Abdullah lost some points maybe because he could have ran it in at the one. Seahawks defense gained some points, All this whole thing. But for me, the impact I'll take is that the Lions are now 0-4, and that could be the death knell for them. I think that's a huge hole. They're going to have to win – eight to ten of their next 12 games probably nine or ten to make the playoffs in the nfc north which is a pretty stout division with the vikings and the packers and that chicago team is not even a team anymore but i think they're done and i think that it's pretty surprising because the lions were expected to be one of those not contenders to win it all but contenders to make me the playoffs and they just look beat and like it's sad to see so i don't know what the state of the lions will be after this but Seahawks 2-2, two and two, that's big for them, too, especially going in a matchup against Cincinnati Bengals, who are undefeated. So I'll say that. Yeah, that's going to be a big game. Cincinnati's 4-0. A.J. Green's been going off. I think that might be one of the best games Richard next week. Richard Sherman versus A.J. Green. Ooh, Andy good. Dalton playing well. I think that'll be good. But we'll, we'll go back to the team that I guess everyone cares about, America's team, Dallas Cowboys. Per usual, they were involved in an intense game, a game that went down to the wire pretty dramatic as well. Cowboys fans in the house, both Garrett and Donovan. I mean, Garrett and Matt. Sorry, <laughs> Donovan. We work with so many Cowboys fans, it's ridiculous. Um, for that, was that disheartening to see that loss to the Saints, who hadn't won a game before that? Did you take away anything from that, like, as well, a Cowboys fan? Well, as a Cowboys fan, uh, it, was, it was good to see the team fight back, and they were able to have that 80-yard drive at the end of the game. Uh, Brandon Whedon, you know, led the team down. Um, I think in two games he's he started. He's done an admirable job uh, trying to lead the offense with what he's with what he's got. Um, you know, 
as far as the receivers stepping up, Cole Beasy, Terrence Williams, um, you know, they're trying to do their best there. But it, it was it was a interesting game from a standpoint that the Cowboys almost pulled off the comeback victory, and then they just one play into overtime. You know, away it goes. It's hard to believe they'd be getting a lot of slack for this loss. At New Orleans, used to be one of the hardest places to play. Drew Brees, he looked healthy to me. They say he had a problem with his rotator cuff. He looked pretty good. He went 33 of 41, completely shredded the defense, especially with Sean Lee out after the first quarter he went with his concussion. There wasn't much the Cowboys could do there. but I like what they do with the, uh, the, the committee running back situation they got with Ingram and, and uh, Kyrie Robinson. And Even Spiller, Spiller led the team in re- receiving yards for them a lot because of that, that last mm-hmm, catch. That last 80-yard touchdown reception. Yeah, I just burnt the rookie linebacker who was replacing Sean Lee. But Damian Wilson actually played pretty good besides that one play. Um, Brandon Whedon, you really think – are you okay with his performance? I feel like that's a little – I mean, I've seen him. I don't – I don't see the same, I guess, that you guys see. I see a guy that just doesn't make any mistakes because he doesn't ever try to stretch the field. He doesn't really throw to a lot of guys. Like he threw to Bryce Butler was his leading receiver, which is one catch. Mm-hmm. Cole Beasley, Jason Witten, Terrence Williams is barely featured. He didn't throw to the running backs on like last week. So like, I don't really know. I, I said this last week. I think the Cowboys are kind of stuck with a bad quarterback that's going to hurt them. Maybe I think maybe they should find someone else. I don't know. I don't think Brandon Whedon is going to win you games. He's not going to lose you games either, but he's not going to win games either. What do you I think about Matt Castle? I don't know. That's another bad option, too. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how you feel. Uh, he worked in New England. The offensive line in Dallas could work. The thing I thought was interesting about Dallas – the running back situation wasn't – and you lost Dunbar, another injury. Oh so yep. many injuries to this Cowboys team that seems to be every week. Like, there's no unluckier team in terms of injuries than Dallas Cowboys through four weeks this year. And Dunbar was leading the NFL as a, a running back for receiving yards as a running back. And he, so. and he made a stupid play, bringing the ball out eight to nine yards in the end zone, and then he tears his AC, ACL, it's I think. It's a shame, yeah. And then, like, he almost fumbled. What was – I don't understand what he was doing that. But McFadden, 10 for 31 yards. Joseph Randall, 11 for 26. It's not going to get it done, and that's going to be the top two. I, I'm not going to read too much into this, but Dallas, especially going into New England, I don't think it should be positive at least. I think it's just timing and everything. This is kind of a, not a sinking ship, but it's not looking too good. It looks like Randall's kind of in the dog doghouse too after stretching the ball out with one hand like that. That was a dumb play. He got lucky. He barely got the ball to break the plane. Coach Garrett didn't like that one. He was not at all yelling in his face on the sidelines. So watch so. for a lot of Jeremy Fadden for the next couple of weeks. Which I think but, he looks good. I yeah. think he looks pretty spry. I mean, <laughs> barring the inevitable injury because he always gets hurt. Yeah, he, he's run pretty strong. Um, I've seen uh, bits from him where you know he's been able to cut and get upfield, and he's a more physical back, in my opinion, than Randall. Um, so. I think there's been some spotlights of his game, and we should continue to see that. It's just tough to run for this team because Whedon doesn't spread or stretch the ball down the field. They're all stacking the line. They always have seven to eight guys blitzing. I kind of want to see what Castle can do. Even Kellen Moore I liked a lot at Boise State. He's a gamer. Um, the And a winner. Exactly. Yeah, the offensive coach or coordinator likes him. He's a left-handed passer, which could kind of throw things off, and he's really small. But I want to see what some of the other guys can do. I just – I want Roma back now. I, this is this is taking way too long. If you hated Roma before, I don't think you hate him now. Not at all, man. No. I miss him a lot. Nope. Cowboys fans are uh, missing Roma more than ever, and, and Dez, obviously, of course. Can't wait to get him back in week nine, supposedly. So. The, the people that crush Roma bothered me so much, and I was not waiting for an injury like this, but this whole injury situation, 
hopefully, maybe, probably not, because when he comes back, he'll make a mistake, and they'll be like, oh, he's so bad. But Tony Romo is one of the best 10 quarterbacks in the NFL who's going to win you a Super Bowl if you have the right pieces around him. And you see the huge drop-off from Whedon to Romo. Like, that's a huge drop. I mean, from Romo to Whedon. And I mean, excuse the Dez thing. I think if they have Romo, this is this is a win. I think even last week was a win. Dez obviously hurts too, but they win with Romo, I think. Um, I don't know. And I think, is there any chance at all they beat the, the Patriots at all? Very slim. I don't, I don't count any team out in the NFL. I've seen crazier things happen, but it's not looking good, especially with Tom Brady coming in mad still. He's hot right now. That whole team is on fire. They're coming off a bye week. They've had two weeks to get ready for this game. I don't know. It's going to be tough. And and just to add on to things, Greg Hardy decided to talk about Tom Brady and his wife, oh, Giselle Bunchen. Oh, yeah, Bunchin. let's talk about Greg Hardy for a bit because he's coming back this week, right? Exactly, exactly. So as Cowboys fans, you know, you cringe at the sight of him him talking to reporters and saying that he can't wait for Giselle Bunchen, uh, Tom Brady's wife, to, to be at the game. So He uh, definitely knows not what to say after coming on domestic violence. You think someone would uh, maybe advise him? Not talk about women for – his rest of his life ever <laughs> probably a good idea just anything even if he's saying something nice you should probably say it, not say it at all um i think he's gonna play well he's gonna come out as you said guns ablazing so we'll see how he good. does o- always guns always lead to something good right as we've oh, seen always <laughs> definitely um cowboys getting some back isn't randy gregory coming back soon Is not that? this week they're saying okay. probably after the bye so, week i mean the injuries will eventually happen I think this opens up the NFC East considerably. The Redskins won last week. The Giants won last week. The Eagles are not what we thought they were. But the NFC East is a close, tight race, and I think even the Redskins and Giants at this point could make some leaps on one until the Cowboys get full healthy, and then we'll see. Health-wise, I think they're the best team if they're fully healthy. But right now, that's not the case. Uh, another team struggling even worse, though. Houston Texans. We're pining to those Houston fans out there. Um, another loss at the hands of the Atlanta Falcons, 48-21. That's a lot closer than it really was because it was, it was let's see, 35-42-0 uh, at the end of the third quarter. Brian Hart, who started, was, I mean, Brian Mallett started, excuse me. He was not good. I saw that game because it was on TV, and I, I'm frustrated the Texans games are on TV in our area because they are the most boring team to watch in the NFL. They are so boring to watch. Without Aaron Foster. Even with Aaron this week, he wasn't Aaron Foster that we know. Eight carries, ten yards. Longest carry was five. Mallett completed less than 50%, threw a pick. His QBR was five. I saw he had no touch on the ball whatsoever. He could not. He'd throw it too hard. He'd throw it too soft. He would throw it behind a receiver, in front of a receiver. He's not in command of the offense. He just looks like a guy who just throws the ball. He's just raw. He's, his arm is, is unbelievable. He has an unbelievable arm, but he doesn't know idea where it's going. He's a wild guy. He's tall. He looks like he could be good. A lot of Texans fans like him, but I just don't know if it's ever going to come together for him. The only positive I see from the Texans' perspective is, aside from this Colts game, you got Jaguars, Dolphins, Titans, so that's that's a nice little stretch there where you, you can maybe bounce back and get a couple wins to get your season more on on right track. And I think Aaron Foster will get better. Um, this Colts game with Luck, questionable. I think he'll be playing for that one. I think they lose, but that one could be interesting because those games are always mm-hmm. swing games and Thursday night games habitually are very just all over the place. There you. They, the play is usually underperforming. They're just kind of lax. I don't know. There's, there's, they could win this game. I would Something not be surprised. Something about a rivalry game. Aaron will be better. I think, and the thing that's interesting, Brian Hoyer came in the game in the fourth quarter, <laughs> threw 30 passes in that fourth quarter because they were just losing. He threw two touchdowns and 200 yards. 
kind of quarterback controversy is not a thing because Mallett's starting, but if Mallett throws another stinker in, it could be. And I feel like I personally prefer Brian Hoyer just because I thought he played well, he did play better than Manziel, and then he stunk the join the first two games and Mallett got it. But I don't know. I think he's more of a reliable quarterback, and that's what you need with the Texans with a defense that should be good. Yeah, it's supposed to be one of the best in the league with J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney and Vince Wolfork, but then they give up three touchdowns to Devontae Freeman. Everyone does that the other days, though. The, yeah. te- the yeah, Texans aren't confident right now. The Texans week. just simply aren't confident right now. And when your football team isn't confident, you're going to play worse, and, and just everything will amount to, you know, it will all, it will all culminate to – to worsen on you. I just hope they stay patient and don't do anything drastic with Bill O'Brien. I really like him as a coach, and if they can't afford to fire him, he's definitely the best, one of the best young coaches in the league. I think they should just look towards the 2016 NFL draft for quarterback. There's some good prospects yeah. coming in. Christian Hackenberg is a guy that Bill O'Brien actually recruited at mm-hmm. Penn State. I'm not sure if I like him, though. He hasn't played that well, but he is high upside. I think that their future quarterback for the Texans is not currently on the roster. I'd agree, and I think J.J. Watt called him out. I don't know what he exactly said, but he said their performance the first four weeks was, was poor, um, and I think they'll be better than they have shown, but I don't think they're a playoff team by any stretch. Um, but it's another team, too, that had some turnover, and especially in the beginning of the season, four weeks, Miami fired their head coach, Joe Philbin, after a 1-3 and three start, and I was one of them. I expected the Dolphins to be a good 9-10 playoff team in the AFC to contend. 1-3 start. That one win was over the Redskins, and that one win, honestly, was barely a win. And I thought the Redskins outplayed them for three of the four quarters. So by all intents and purposes, they could be 0-4. They fired him now going into a bye week, which is something Texas State did with their defensive coordinator. So the timing is there to kind of change the ship. I think they promoted the tight ends coach or something around there, someone that was kind of an interesting thing. The defensive coordinator is also getting a lot of flack because their defense is not performing. And across the board, Ryan Tannehill's not playing as well. Lamar Miller's been non-existent. Do you, what do we make of this Miami Dolphins team that's just disappointing everyone? I think the season might be over for them already. They're in a tough division. Their big signing, Ndamukong Sue, has not been a good, an impact for them at all. They gave up 166 yards to Chris Ivory last week. They have been one of the worst rush defenses. And just Sue just doesn't have that energy anymore. It's almost like the team told him, we want you on the team, but we want you to tone it down. And he hasn't you know, kicked anybody in the head yet, but he's also Done not playing well. Things. He did something like with a helmet or something, right? Oh, yeah, the first week. Yeah, I think he No, had, last week against the Jets. He, he did. did. Some, he did oh, kick someone. Again. Yeah, he did he kick always someone. He always does that. He's, he should be in the MMA. Um, <laughs> as you said, Miami's 30th in total defense so far in the NFL. Only, the only teams worse are Oakland and Cleveland. And then Tannehill, who they gave the huge contract mm-hmm. to, went 19 of 44 last week. Like I thought Tannehill would be good. He's a big prospect. He's got everything you'd want in a quarterback: size, athleticism. But I don't know. Something's wrong. He's there. regressed a little bit. He just wasn't what you. He has athleticism, receiver, and he showed some signs. And now he's resorting back to his. Well, previous. did y'all did y'all hear what he said uh, just recently in the practice at practice? Something uh, along the line of. Uh, Y'all don't make as much money as me or something like that, so you enjoy your practice squad salary. That's how you lose the team right there. <laughs> he, he denied it. He denied saying it, it, but he admitted to saying something, not about their salary, he though. He said, quote, it's slanderous to report things I didn't say. To exactly. report, to, uh, to degrade my reputation, it's sickening to me. Uh, that's what he said, and that's telling. Uh, in that division, and we'll talk about some other divisions, 
The NFC South has been really, really good. We'll talk about that later. The AFC East has been outstanding. What these divisions? I mean, they're pretty stacked. Uh, I guess what you want to you want to talk about some Panthers. You want the you want to you want the resident. Let's give him some time to talk about his four and Panthers uh, in the NFC South and whether he thinks they can kind of keep it together. I, I'm not a believer, so I guess sell us and the audience on the Carolina Panthers. Okay, so are you ready? I'm ready. This okay. This is Living Good Assistant Sports Editor, if you're not, if you're just tuning in. All right. So, well, first and foremost, well, I should say it's it feels good to be 4-0, but we have played pretty bad competition. We had a win against the Jaguars, the Texans, uh, and then we played the Sa- a, a breezeless Saints team. And the Texans. And, no, I, the, we, I said the Texans already. Who's the okay. – we just played – Tampa uh, Bay. Tampa Bay. We just beat Tampa Bay last week. So – um, I mean, Josh Norman's the man. He's part of Josh Norman and Cam Newton are probably the two biggest reasons why we're doing as good as we are. Um, Josh Norman's leading the league with four picks. He has uh, two, uh, two of them are pick sixes. So I mean, one won the game, <laughs> game-winning interception. Yeah, well, the one he had against uh, uh, New Orleans. Yeah, Luke McCown threw it up and he made a spectacular interception. Um, little. This is interesting. The NFC South is the only division that has two four and O teams. I mean, I'll, make I'll, make of that what you will, but there's how many four and O? There's one. I two, think there's like five or six. There's three. There's four four and O teams, and then a three and O Patriots team. If, I'll list them, and we'll talk about which ones are legit, I guess, and which ones aren't. Pats three and O, Bengals four and O, Broncos four and O, Packers four and O, Panthers, Falcons four and O. Which teams you feel like are going to stay, and which teams you think are going to regress to the mean? Well, Carolina is really tough to see staying in there, but they're off to a great start. I think they're going to make the playoffs. And then Atlanta looks pretty good. I'm still not totally sold on them. I do like where they're going. And everyone keeps saying Cincinnati always looks good at this time of year, and then once the playoffs and December comes around, Andy Dalton just disappears all of a sudden. So I would say – Green Bay and New England and Denver, I guess. Their offense looks kind of weak, but their defense looks great. I'd say those three. And Peyton, they trust. Yes, they do trust Peyton. The running game is – And defense, know, they trust. Oh, yeah. Vaughn <laughs> Miller and Vaughn Miller and Marcus Ware, that's that nasty on the edge. Mm-hmm. Secondary two, front yeah. seven also, that's a team. I'm still not sure about the Bengals. I don't know why. Not um, so. Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard's a good running tandem. Uh Andy Dalton's playing out of his mind. AJ Green's playing out of his mind. Tyler Eifert's kind of sunk a little bit, but he's still a good target. Offensively, they're the third best team in the NFL right now. Um, I don't know if that'll stay. And I think the Steelers and Bengals will get better. I mean, the Steelers and Ravens will get better. I don't know. That's an interesting race. I think the Falcons are legit, though. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't believe in the Panthers. I think their injuries are going to bite them eventually. Devin Funchins being their number one receiver still doesn't work with me or whatever. Um, the running game's been pretty inconsistent. Uh, Cam Newton's led the team in rushing in two of the four games, and as a run quarterback, yes, he's running. Keekley's been injured, too. Keekley's been injured. They've had a lot of injuries there. Won a lot of close games at the end, two of them, actually. I don't know. I feel like they're kind of not fluky because I think they're a playoff contender and playoff team. I'm just wondering a little bit. Um, I think Green Bay's legit, though. Oh, definitely. Not that's even a question. It's not a hot. Got Seattle next. Oh, because you have bye. Okay. Well, that's uh, that gonna be if you win if you win that one, that that'd be interesting. That's playoff rematch right there. That's who eliminated them last year. Did you see this? Norman gave uh, gummy bears to Luke Keekley. 
It's pretty sweet of him. <laughs> no. He's not only a, an outstanding cornerback. <laughs> no, I did not see that. He's yeah. an emerging star in this league, though. He, he's on Everyone pace should for start, start knowing his name. He's, he's on pace. It's, he's on pace guy. <laughs> pick it, pick on pace. Hashtag, hashtag on pace guy. NFL's in a good spot. As we look into week five, any specific matchups and even a bold prediction that you're looking at for this week? Man, there's some really, really interesting games. Rams, Packers, that could be a potential playoff game. Um, you got Saints and Eagles is kind of a game where one team could be out of contention with the loss in that game. The Saints have been building their building their team back up after a overtime win against the Cowboys. Eagles are probably the biggest disappointment so far in the NFL, I would say. Or the Dolphins. Well, yeah. The, the Dolphins are pretty yep. close. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Colts are 2-2, two and two, so I wouldn't throw them in there, but they've been disappointing. Plenty of disappointing teams, too. Um, Garrett, what games are the, – The game I'm, I'm looking at here is if the Detroit Lions are going to turn their season around. They're playing 3-1 Car- uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, so I think, I think that's game, the game to watch. I think Lions come out. They establish the run, establish the short pass, and then throw a couple over the top, and, and they, uh, they take care of the Cardinals at home. I'm looking at, mm, I would say, Pats-Cowboys. That would be a really good game, full healthy. That would be dynamite game. I'm interested, just I won't talk about them too much, the Redskins-Falcons game. I want to see how if the Falcons can sustain their pace, if William Jones can resort back to what he did the first three games. He kind of had a little bit of a rocky fourth game, but they played the Texans, got ahead early, didn't throw as much as they usually do. I want to see if they sustain the pace. They're favored by eight points, so it's it's pretty pretty sizable. That would be a statement win for the Redskins for it sure. It would, um, and I'll talk about that. Bold predictions, what, what do you guys have? for the? For well, I'm going to go with this team that is kind of on the rise. They're not there yet, but I think this is a good – Good uh, turn for them. I think the Raiders are going to beat the Denver Broncos at home, a 4-0 Denver Broncos coming into Derek Carr's house. I think the Raiders are a good good future team. I like their team. Uh, yeah, I think I think the one to watch this week, bold prediction here, I think Green Bay goes down this week uh, to St. Louis at Lambeau Field. So It's tough to beat them at Lambeau. Rodgers throws two interceptions. Line. Two. Oh, you said ten. I was like, did I say ten? Two. That's two more than he's thrown all year. It is. <laughs> and he hasn't thrown a home interception in. Since like 2013. God yeah. knows how long. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't think it happens. I, I'm going to go close. I think you're bold, out bold to me. But Redskins will beat the Falcons Sunday. I, mean, I, I don't know why. I just want to go bold for the sake of it. I don't think the Redskins can stop Julio Jones. That helped the Panthers out a little bit. They'd be first in the NFC South. Um, something about the Redskins have shown some things. They've impressed me. They beat the Eagles. Granted, that's not even impressive anymore. Um, but they, they've done – they're good for one or two random wins that they shouldn't win every year. I know this team very well. They usually win that game that they shouldn't, and they lose the games that they should. I mean, they lose the games that they shouldn't. It's a weird thing. Maybe this is it. I'm just throwing a dart at a board and hoping that's the thing. So as we wrap up the podcast, you guys, any final thoughts about the NFL at large? Well, I'm pretty it's, – it's so sad to see the Cowboys like this. I know how much potential they have. It's like, oh, it's like being a it's kid. It's so nice, man. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. It's like a kid on Christmas morning going down, <laughs> seeing all these great gifts, and I you open them. Open, you've been waiting all year, all Christmas season, open up, and you get They're socks closed. and coal, and it's like, come on. You get Panthers gear. <laughs> <laughs> all right, calm down. The thing is that you might have like a birthday two weeks later, and everyone might be healthy, and you might get some good presents there. I think they, if they can stay afloat, they'll make some noise in the playoffs. My final thought, Sean Lee, concussion last game. Um, we'll see how he's feeling. But Rolando McLean is coming back for the Cowboys, so that's something to keep an eye on. 
final thought for me would be let's see how those Bengals do against the Seahawks. Granted, they're at home. We talk, I think that's the most mm-hmm. interesting matchup of the week mm-hmm. at Fox at noon. Seattle hasn't won a, a road game this year. Seattle coming off that controversial win. That's a three-point line in Cincinnati. That's going to be fun for A.J. Green, for Andy Dalton, for that offense. If they can show what they can against the other teams, against the Seahawks, that's going to be an impressive win. And if they go to 5-0, and I think, they, I think I'll be ready to call them legit. So that's what I'm looking for at the NFL. But for Matt Gervitz, for Garrett Kaywood, for Mr. Panthers, Paul Livingood, for Amani McGarrell, I'm Keith Ramirez. Peace out. Thank you.